Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're getting a chance to sit down with Matt McDonald from Bora BJJ out in Hamilton, Ontario. Before we get started, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast streams. If you're looking for all the new guest episodes, technique breakdowns, and our breakdowns on different techniques, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have tons of new content coming out every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Mississauga. Rockman Sasaga offers the ultimate car care services, including interior detailing, ceramic pro, window tint and paint protection, rust protection, trailer hitches, and wiring. Steve and his crew have been in business for 20 years, and they've been serving Mississauga. Head over to 6707 Winston Churchill Boulevard, Unit 9 number 5, and they're going to be able to help you out. Or go to rockmississauga.ca on Instagram and in Facebook. They're going to be able to make sure you get your car protected before the winter time, or if you're going to get it cleaned for the spring when the winter is finally over. Rock Mississauga is going to be able to help you guys out. We're also sponsored by Spirit Leaf Waterdown, located at 64 Hamilton Street North in Waterdown, Ontario. If you're looking for Canada's top cannabis brand, look no further than Alex and his crew. They're going to be able to help you out with all the different THC, CBD products of anything that you need. You need it, you go get it, they're going to be able to help you out. Just make sure you mention the podcast, and guess what? You're going to save money every single time you shop there. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. We really do appreciate it. Enjoy the show, and we'll see you soon on the map. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us back on Smoking Hazard Podcast. Today, we are sitting down with Matt McDonald of Bora BJJ. Matthew, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Uh, why didn't you go with Boa, uh, Boa Jiu-Jitsu Academy? Because, like, that was a fit. How did you come up with the name Bora? Uh, so we're a fan of, like, uh, short four-letter words. And uh, <laughs> not get your head out of the gutter. But, uh, no, we, we basically just Googled four-letter Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu sayings, and uh, Bora was one that kind of stood out, and we thought it would look good with the logo that Kyle drew up, and uh, I believe it translates to, like, let's go or, or something like that, so, you know, it, it just seemed like a cool name. There, there's not too much depth there. What did, it, what did George think of the name when you came up with it? I don't know. I never asked him. He, he hasn't <laughs> said anything bad about it, but... He's uh, <laughs> like, oh, man, this name sucks. Yeah, he, he secretly did. I'm not too sure. So especially like, because you kind of started, um, when did you actually found Bora BJJ? Because it was just kind of recent and it was more or less than like two, three years ago, correct? Yeah, so we, uh, I, I think we just filed our taxes for year three. So, um, <clears throat> so we are paying our taxes, which is good. But uh, I started, if anybody's listening to this right now, yeah, we, we pay taxes. We pay taxes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so we started in uh, 2018, I think, for about a year and a half. And then uh, this thing called COVID-19 hit. And uh, we closed on initially for two weeks. Thought, and uh, we've recently reopened. So, yeah, it's been a, been a roller coaster. Yeah, obviously, like with a lot of different businesses, you had a, all these different types of new jujitsu schools open up, have to reclose, do all these different things to kind of keep their businesses going. Was there anything kind of like unique that you were able to kind of do to make sure that you were keeping students engaged or just kind of like riding the wave and just kind of hoping things would get better? 
Um, yeah, for sure. Like I know, I know a lot of gyms did, uh, did some pretty cool stuff like doing like online virtual classes and stuff. Um, truthfully, we never got into that. I, I just, but yeah, we just tried to stay engaged with our students when, whenever there was like a, a lift in the restrictions, we were, you know, we would open up right away. Um, we would just like, you know, contact them. Kyle would, would, uh, reach out to the kids, make sure they're doing good. Um, I know we, we close for the kids. So that kind of So like, you know, th things like that, like, but we just waited. What were things that you guys did? There anything that you've like learned like during COVID or business wise, what you wanted to implement? I know it's been a lot of time, you know, at home doing a whole lot of nothing. Like, is there, you know, things that you've learned or things that you've learned, like surviving, you know, just as a business owner in this process, like uh, take me, take us through some of that. Yeah, for sure. So I, I honestly think, uh, I forget who told me this, but uh, it was something I learned back from uh, the competition days for jujitsu where, uh, you know, we, we kind of have this uh, knack to, what's it like, uh, we compare to others and maybe, maybe somebody's like much better than us right now. Um, but uh, I, I'm making no sense right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the hell I'm just <laughs> yeah, I just started rambling. But uh, but what I was trying to say is that just head down, do what you can, make the best of the situation. Um, just because things aren't great right now, if if you can just kind of keep your head above water, there is an ebb and flow to everything. Um, so when things do open up and, and when you can start bringing in students, like hopefully things go. Well. Um, that that's my or, or what I would... I'm not gonna lie it was a it was an interesting year and a half you know and a half you know a lot of people got uh, medical and like law degrees all in a year and a half like other yeah, people you learned. can do a lot in a year and a half you can do a lot with a year and a half like uh you can you know you can become you know a uh, medical degree that i think that you you took it more like in positive like hey you know what it's a really shitty situation but at the end of the day i'm going to control what i can control and you know do do what do what's best for me like me and my business mm -hmm. yeah like i mean i didn't get a law degree or anything but you know i tried to figure out ways that we could we could maybe run our business a little smoother you know uh, make sure everything's like in order accounting clean the gym you know but i guess you can only do that so many times for sure. So how did you go from like the transition of obviously like being like a student and then obviously getting to the point, like you wanted to open up your own club and we're here you are now today as a club owner and obviously as a professor teaching a bunch of different students. Uh, it was pretty gradual. Like I, it wasn't, uh, I mean, I didn't really get into jujitsu expecting to, to want to teach. Like I just did it because I, I loved it and I, and I enjoyed training. Um, <clears throat> but you know like most people like as, as you kind of go through the ranks you start teaching classes or or helping out with kids or you know just being around the business being around the culture and, and then eventually uh uh met up with kyle we we worked at the same gym together and then uh 
you know, one day we just decided that this is something that we want to do. And uh, it, it was a scary decision at first, but uh, I, I don't regret it. How did you actually initially like, get into jiu-jitsu? Because, like, you were – like, when did you officially start? Like, did you play any, like, sports before? Like, what's kind of, like, your, your, like, athletic background for those who don't know you? Um, golf, actually. Golf was my – my sport before jiu-jitsu. Oh shit! That's like Aaron's yeah, like, a, favorite sport. He's uh, I think he's I think he's like a four handicap maybe. Oh, fuck, oh nice! I wish. Nice. Aaron, Aaron's ball, <laughs> breaking clubs. Aaron's ball spends yeah, yeah. more time in the sand than David Hasselhoff. Oh, that's yeah. a good line. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a it's a Happy Gilmore reference. Yeah, ter- terrible sport. Terrible sport. Terrible um, sport. No, no, it was a lot of fun. But uh, I started golfing and. uh one of the instructors at the course, like we would always talk about UFC. And, uh, and then one day he's like, you know, I do this. Right. And I had no idea he was a blue belt at the time. Um, and then, uh, he, he brought me to like his gym that he was trying to open up at the time and, uh, basically just beat the crap out of me for an hour. (laughs) And, uh, I I guess I wasn't okay with that. So I I came back and (laughs) yeah, just kept training. That's usually how it goes. It's like you, you go, maybe they don't know your mentality, bro. You just see red and then yeah. you, you get beat up. And then the other two things happen. Like you decide, Oh, I'm just going to run away and never do this again. Or you're like, Oh, I got my ass kicked. I gotta, this is, this is actually kind of fun. I should, yeah. I should actually <laughs> learn how to do this. This is cool. That's kind of how, like I started too. It's very similar. Just like the university, I was, people were talking about ufc they're like why don't you join this thing and rest is history yeah yeah the first day was not was not great yeah it's quite interesting especially like how like the ufc is kind of like the main transition period for a lot of people where they either hear about it through conversation or they've actually seen ufc one or two and then they're all all of a sudden they're like jiu-jitsu seems like a great thing to try and they try it out and then they get smashed the first day and either your ego gets in the way and you're like i gotta go back to figure it out or you just kind of like i never went to that class i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so kind of like um you know being part of like getting into that jujitsu scene like were you ever interested in getting into mma or kind of exploring it otherwise or just kind of just jujitsu was what you wanted to do uh initially i thought maybe you know like uh maybe i'll try mma or or uh you know see if see if striking is what i like um but uh turns out i don't like to get hit so uh, i gave that up pretty quick (laughs) um and yeah, just fell in love with jujitsu. It was awesome. I could do it pretty much every single day and not, not get like overly injured or hurt or whatnot. And uh, yeah, just got obsessed and tried to get better. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. How'd you get into like competing as well? Is that you've always <laughs> been competitive? Like, were you playing like, you know, uh, play with playing on Augusta and one day you're just like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to transition to jiu-jitsu have you always been competitive like how have you how did you get into like competing yeah i mean i think i, I think i am a very competitive person I, I would do uh golf tournaments beforehand um and then just through competing in, in like the golf scene and whatnot i, I would kind of uh it, it, it's a rush right like it's it's the same for competing in jiu-jitsu once you once you do it once and you, you kind of get that bug um 
like once you know what it feels like, you, you want to try and find it in, in other avenues. So I think when I left golf and then I got into jujitsu, I just needed, I needed some sort of competitive outlet and jujitsu seemed like, uh, like the right one. So okay. one, of, one of Aaron's favorite questions is that he likes to ask, you know, people that go out and compete a lot. It's like, so what's your mindset, man? What's your mindset, bro? Uh, what do you think about when you're going out to compete? Uh, it's definitely changed over the years. Like, I think, uh, I think when I first got into competing, it, it was definitely way different than it is now. Um, uh, but before I would get like super nervous, I, I'd be like super terrified. I thought I was going to lose every match. I had a terrible mindset. I'd be like, uh, uh, <laughs> like what's, uh, you guys remember, uh, Chael Sonnen was a coach on the ultimate fighter. Yes. Yeah. He, he had one line in that season that like really resonated with me. Cause it's exactly what would go through my head. He's like, everyone says quitting's not an option. He's like, but that's actually like bullshit. It's actually the first option. Um, and like he's not wrong i think we've honestly like between me and aaron and you i think we're all just like what i've been at tournaments so i'm just like why the fuck am i here like what what the hell is going on yeah Yeah, (laughs) why am i doing this i could could be at home (laughs) exactly yeah or like you know you start to get uh you know you start to come up with excuses and whatnot like uh i i don't know if i should be admitting this but i sometimes i'd go into matches and be thinking like all right, what am I going to tell people when I lose? Like, what's, what's my excuse? Like, what am I going <laughs> to My back, my ankle. Yeah, back. I, I broke my back. <laughs> my back um, is broken. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it, it wasn't, like, I guess, easy to, to figure out the mindset for competing. Maybe I still don't have it figured out. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, just uh, now it's just kind of I've got 10 minutes or, or whatever the time – time limit is and as soon as they say go i'm gonna go and if if you can hang you can hang or maybe maybe you smash me and and uh, i lose real quick or or whatnot but uh i'm just i'm ready to go i've been trying to convince aaron to do this for the lot for the last few months so aaron's saying he's retired this is his new thing retired even though, retired. Even, though even though we have students <laughs> that are older than him that look at him like this doesn't make any sense like i'm older than you and i'm competing in jiu-jitsu why are you retired but i digress mm-hmm. I am trying to convince him to come back. Masters Worlds, Masters Three Division, um, him versus Sanji Hubero. How do you see that going down? <laughs> uh, I'll be perfectly honest, and this is not a slight. I've never seen you roll, Aaron. And that's no, fair. So that's, totally, that's, that's completely that's an fair. I, <laughs> so I think I think with that being said, Aaron will have a lot of tape on on Sanji. Um, so you know you could maybe catch him by surprise. Well, Matt, I do appreciate the the awesome kind words that you've just given me. That's like awesome. It's great. I am not doing that myself. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> but you know what stresses me out more than anything is like, especially when we had to like make, well, my division, I was always making weight, right? So I'd always decide, okay, I'm going to make this weight. And then every time I'd be like, why am I trying to kill myself trying to make this weight? Why can't I just eat more <laughs> and just yeah. go to the next division? But then if I go to the next division, I'm always the smallest guy in that division. I get smashed. So I'm always at yeah. this like crossroad. I'm like, ah, what do I do? But, cut the weight. Yeah, I know. You cut the weight. You just cut the shit. weight. <laughs> yeah. It's always good because then you have a goal and you're like, okay, I'm going to just work towards the goal. The one thing I just don't like about like um, IBJJF tournaments is just 
it's always that way in 10 minutes or a half hour before that's the one thing that bugs the shit out of me i get it's the most like best way to get people on weight at the same time but it just uh it's the worst yeah yeah i mean uh i'm probably not the best at cutting weight don't take it from someone that spent half their jujitsu career competing at ultra heavyweight but uh <laughs> um yeah like in my experience i think i think cutting the weight is is a good thing it keeps you accountable it keeps you disciplined 100 percent, i would agree with you there yeah it it takes your nerves off of the the competition so you're not really like at least in my experience like i'm not stressing about the matches i'm gonna have i'm, I'm just stressing about am i gonna make weight or or what can i eat before before the weigh <laughs> what can i eat before please don't throw me on my head sanji what yeah exactly <laughs> what aaron will be thinking masters worlds 2022 it's happening yeah well you can do All that right, good first, luck, mike man. Yeah, don't, no, I'm not worried about it. Trust me. Mike, worry right. about yourself. <laughs> I got, I'll, I'll, I'll take Rafael Lovato. You got Sanji. It's all good. We'll, we'll, t- our, our first tag team jiu jitsu match. It also might Perfect. be the first death in tag team jiu jitsu history with, uh, it'll be an open casket at me and Aaron's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> changing, changing, changing topics a bit. Um, want to, want to ask you about like, you know, like just, we're talking about Sanji, Rafael Lovato joking around a bit, but like, we're like some, people that you watch like coming up like through the ranks as well or who are some people that you currently watch now and you're like man their jiu-jitsu is really sick i gotta i gotta steal that yeah uh, i'll be per- perfectly honest i don't watch jiu-jitsu anymore um or, or like very little uh, i'm trying to force myself to get back to it and and like you know study and, and watch who who the up-and-coming guys are but uh like kind of a cop-out is gordon ryan um you know, like, I think his jujitsu is incredible. He does everything well. Um, so like, I, I like to watch his matches cause you can, you can learn a lot. Um, obviously he's no gi, so that makes, uh, it a little more specified, but like kind Duarte is awesome to watch. Like, I think he's got really sick jujitsu in the gi. Um, but like coming up, it was mostly, uh, Rodolfo Vieira. And, uh, and Rafael Mendez, I, I know he's a, a little bit lighter, but, uh, you know, like in my opinion, he's the goat, like he was the best one, uh, at that weight class. And, and he just had such a, such really nice jujitsu to, to try and emulate. Yeah, I know. Like you, you mentioned a couple of really good names that are, have amazing jujitsu. They're skilled in everything that they do. And I think it's like, and like you said, like trying to get in touch with all the different competitions that are happening nowadays, it's hard, right? It's just it's like so much mm-hmm. content that you have to kind of like produce and kind of like consume to kind of really build off that. So like, it's kind of hard. Like, where do you see like all these different, whether it's shows or whether it's gi tournaments or no gi tournaments, like where do you kind of see the the trend heading? Do you obviously do you, like, do you think it's more of a no gi thing? Do you think a gi can get back to where it could be? Um, I'm not too sure. I think that the gi will always be synonymous with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I don't, I don't think that that'll ever change. Um, but I definitely do see a big shift in nogi. Um, to give you an example, like before we shut down, I would struggle to get guys out to the nogi class. Like, like it was hard to, we had nogi once or twice a week and it'd be hard to get, uh, to get bodies on the mat. But, uh, since we've been back, like it's been, I think more people come to no gi than, than gi. Maybe that's not true, but it's, it's definitely 
a lot closer to like 50 50 mm-hmm. like i see a is? lot of people I, I think it's probably like the whole gordon ryan danaher death squad like you hear joe rogan talking about him and anything mm-hmm. that that guy says is people are going to listen to so i think uh I think just more of the showcase matches are, are typically nogi. Yeah. And so it, it's more exciting to watch when it's that, like, it's like, I, I I'll enjoy watching worlds or, or Pan Ams or whatnot, but uh, you know, for the, the common spectator, like watching 10 hours of jujitsu on six different mats, just, you know, it's kind of hard to keep up. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think nogi is a, probably a, a gi i think like gi tournaments are a lot more there's a lot of more intricate things to watch versus like no gi i think it's a lot easier to understand like oh he took that guy down versus like oh he For has sure. this, this grip with that so i think like the average spectator can pick it up a lot easier it's like oh he took him down oh he has a leg lock okay cool done mm-hmm. versus i think gi like you almost have to do it and feel it to really understand it and kind of like respect what's kind of going on that makes sense yeah, of course, I, I'd agree with that. I think, like, tournament-wise, like, I think, like, going forward, I think you'll see a lot. I think there's already been, like, a big shift, like, uh, gi to no-gi. Does that mean, like, you're going to, like, for your school, for example, are you going to have more classes, more no-gi classes? Like, how do you see things kind of going forward? And, like, what is your uh, class structure going to be like, especially, you know, like, with kids, adults, things like uh, going forward? I have no idea. i'll just be perfectly honest i have no idea we uh um we've definitely added in some more nogi um uh but like uh, predominantly we teach gi classes um we obviously have the kids program we don't have a nogi for kids uh yet not too sure if that'll be a thing um but i mean if if the demand's there we're we're definitely open to it and uh we just kind of see what our members like or or what uh like we try and track our classes each month and see what's what's getting the most attendance and and kind of what time slot seems to work the best so you know we're always trying to give the people what they want i guess mm-hmm. yeah so like um when you kind of take that shift from like competing and obviously like teaching students and are you kind of like more of a competitive school or are you just kind of like an all you know all ages all kind of building off the school I, I definitely don't force competition on, on our students. Like it's not something that <clears throat> like, I, I, I don't demand that everybody do a tournament or, or like, if you want to get your next belt, you have to compete. Like everyone's there for something different. Um, we have some competitors, we have some hobbyists, like, and I don't say hobbyist as a slight. Um, we have some people that can come every single day. Some people that can only come once or twice a week. So, you know, it's kind of unfair if I, force people to compete but uh mm. kind of my approach is just we teach jujitsu we train hard we spar every class um and if you want to compete then i'm there with you like I'll, I'll try and do my best to to give you whatever advice you need and, and be there to coach but uh it, it's not something that i force no what's kind of like what's kind of your i've heard of like some schools that will be like in order for individuals to go to that next level they got to compete at least once like i don't know if that's predominant in a lot of schools but i've heard that in certain schools what's your kind of opinion on that do you feel like a student can't progress forward unless they go on a a, a competition floor because like my kind of 
opinion on it is like, as long as they're learning the skills, I don't see why you can't move that individual if they're not comfortable competing. But I don't know some people might have a different opinion about that. For sure. Um, no, I, I would definitely lean to more um, what you just said, but uh, you know, I, I also, as a, as a gym owner, I understand that like everybody does things differently. Like every gym has a different culture. Every gym has a different kind of structure. Some gyms are more formal. Some are more informal. Um, so it's like, I wouldn't do it that way, but I, I also wouldn't like, I wouldn't talk bad about somebody who, who ran their school that way. I, mm -hmm. I think I'm sure as long as you have a reason for, for what you're doing and you can articulate why, why you have that. Um, I'm, I'm fine with it, I guess, but it doesn't really matter if I'm fine with it. Like as long as, it's <laughs> as, life, as, long as you're students. Yeah. As long as you're at that level, it's not just like, Hey, you're going to stay there another year because like, Hey, like, you know, the, ch the check hasn't cleared yet for the next belt. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. like, I think there's way, I think there's ways of doing it. Like, I think you, you need to have like, like, Hey, like there's some sort of standard or that you're trying to keep like per belt and everything. But you know what? Like everybody does gradings differently. Like I know Frost the hobby had like a clip out a while ago about like, Oh, like people who are just grading based on attendance, like, you know, that, that, that figure needs to be a lot more to, to it than that. Like, for example, but like, like, what do you, what do you look for? Like when you're about to, to grade somebody or move somebody up uh, belt wise, like from blue to purple, purple to Brown, for example, like what are, are there, are there's, do you have like a curriculum or something that you follow? Or is it like a, Hey, I think this person's just intuitively like you're, this person's ready for like the next step. Um, I mean, we definitely follow a curriculum or we have like a, so we have like our, our fundamental program and then we have our advanced classes. Um, so pretty much everyone does the fundamentals and, and we kind of rotate a curriculum in that. If you show up to classes, you're, you're going to get a taste of it. And like, you're going to, eventually you'll have kind of hit all the techniques that I guess I require or, or I expect people to know. Um, but I also keep in mind that like everyone's on their own timeline. Right. So if, one person's very genetically gifted, athletic. They pick moves up quick. Oh, thank you. To, you know, I'm yeah. With me. <laughs> six five, two seventy five. That's how yeah. I actually went right now. Two seventy five. Twisted steel and sex appeal. Dude, that's terrifying. I'm not fighting you again. <laughs> six five, two seventy five. <laughs> twisted steel and sex. This is a triple XL, by the way. Nice. <laughs> Looks tight. <laughs> looks tight, thick, solid, tight, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? But yeah, the, the timeline thing, I think that everyone kind of progresses at their own pace and, and maybe I'm fortunate that we have a, like a smaller club to where I can kind of keep track of where everyone's at. And I, I train with the students pretty much every single class. So I, I get a gauge myself, um, of where they're at, but, uh, it wouldn't be fair of me to hold everyone to like a set standard because some people aren't capable of getting there or, or they're not going to get there for a very long time. And I think that that could be kind of discouraging if I, if I say you have to wait four years to get your blue belt and you've been, meanwhile, you've been training the same amount as everyone else and, and you mm -hmm. show up and you try your best. Like, so it's, I, I try and keep that in mind when I'm, I'm promoting people. No, I think that's very 
like again that's a great way to look at it right like you're keeping track of like how your students are progressing and you're moving them forward appropriately rather than to a fixed schedule on whatever it might be yeah it'd be different if i if i wasn't there every day like if i wasn't able to, mm. to teach classes it'd be hard for me to keep track of like how do i promote people but i mean right now i'm fortunate that i can be there pretty much every single day and and if I'm not there, I'm able to talk to the coaches that do run the class. So that that's something I try and stay on top of. Um, but yeah, I don't know yeah. if I, 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 yeah. I don't know if I answered your question or if I just kind of uh, beat around the bush a bunch. No, no worries. I, I, I think, I think you, I think it comes down to, I think to intuitively, like it's a combination of, you're seeing somebody in class um, intuitively, you may know like, okay, like this person's ready. I'm rolling with them. I feel like they, they know certain things that they're ready for like the next, the next level kind of thing. Uh, I, I think it's, it's kind of like all of the above. I think it, it touches on a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like for example, we, we have a, a new white belt that he's trained for six months and he already gives me like really hard rounds. And I'm like, <laughs> how is this even possible? Like it's, this guy should be like a blue or a purple belt if you're just mm -hmm. going based off of like how he rolls with guys in the gym. But, you know, it's maybe not too fair for me to just be like, here's your blue. Like you tap everyone out. What is that? Is like Nikki Rod showing up to your gym now? Yeah, I can't, I can't confirm or deny. <laughs> I can't confirm or deny. I think I've used that line yeah. several times. Have you been yes. training during the pandemic? I cannot confirm or deny. Yeah. <laughs> If I have been training in someone's basement or not, I cannot confirm or deny that Aaron is hiding something behind that bookshelf. That's a real bookshelf. I tell you. Yeah. The blank wall of nothing. That's all it is. But I know like what, what you kind of mentioned too, is like, especially nowadays, the like kids teaching and whether they're participating in wrestling or like judo or all these different types of sports plus they have so much more access to all different types of content whether it's through bjj fanatics or just youtube free content that's out there and that they're just they train in their basements and if they have time that's all they do and they can just get ahead way faster than probably we did as we progressed through the ranks yeah, for sure. Like there, there's no shortage on, on information out there. It's, it's pretty incredible. Like if you want to, if you want to learn Delaheva, you, you have endless amount of videos out there. Like you can literally learn from the best person in the world in that given position within like five minutes. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you're not going to learn the position in five minutes, but like you can, you can find. <laughs> you get, you get the get idea. Yeah, yeah. I wish you could just download it like that, but unfortunately it's not the case. Hey, Elon um, Musk is working on that, I think. Elon yeah. Musk. Zoom is recording this right now. Facebook is watching us. Skynet is downloading everything right now. Yes. Yes. I want to ask you about uh, one of our, our one of your favorite students. Uh, why is he such a big creonch? His name is Tim. He writes into the show. Please stop messaging us, Tim. No, I'm just kidding. We love you, Tim. From, uh, <laughs> uh, why is he such a dirty creonch is, is my first question. I see him at like every... I see about like 30 gyms a week. I don't know how that's physically possible. He, he somehow manages to do it though. Why is he such a traitor? Well, I mean, I wouldn't phrase it that way, but uh, <laughs> um, no, man, he, he's uh, like, I love having Tim out. He, he helps us out with the kids class. Um, man, that, that guy lives and breathes jujitsu. And it's, it's actually kind of refreshing because it's like, you know, like he's like so 
into it. Like he, he's always training. He's, he's always got questions. Like I, uh, I jokingly call him uh do you guys remember Nardwar? Nardwar? <laughs> he just kind of yeah. looks like Nardwar. <laughs> well, I wasn't, I wasn't going on appearance, but like in turn, like that guy knows everything. He, he will be able to tell me about like, how this gym started, who started it, like who they trained with and his knowledge for like Ontario jiu-jitsu is I, I would put it up against anybody. No, that's no, he, Tim's a really good guy. And I always love seeing like, he's posting on Oshawa BJJ or that he's at your yeah. place or he's at like Toronto BJJ. Like he's all over the place. It's amazing I mean, that he actually has I the feel, time I, to go everywhere. I feel and like it's all, all positivity too. Like, it's, Oh yeah. Yeah. Never, it's all positive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think he might be a sleeper cell on the DL. Now you're all now you're messy. He knows everything about everyone and everything. I've rolled he with him. Like, he's probably downloaded yeah. what I do now. Probably. I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually genuinely scared about the the future. No, but you know yeah. what? Yeah, we have to give him Tim credit credit because like he's been probably like one of the first kind of like supporters of the podcast too. And he's been like, always he's pushing like one of our stuff. first three fans. It was incredible. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, so you, you can't say a bad thing about him from like, and he, obviously you have like actual in-person experience with him. We have him. Unfortunately, just as a fan, I have right? person experience. I'm just kidding. Honestly, like Tim, we love you. Keep supporting us. I'm being a smart ass. If you don't know that already from 75 plus podcasts and Aaron pulling the remainder of his hair out over the years, knowing me then I don't know. Do you, do you really know me at this point? <laughs> so, so um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go, go, go. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ramble, but you, you actually have a question. You, so you can ramble. I, this is why we're here. You're, we're, we're here to ramble. So, all right. I look at it this way, right? When you look at like flow, all the different tournaments that they're kind of run, do you almost look at it as like there's too much kind of like UFCs pushing out there's too many fighters to keep track or is it just a bright amount or we don't have enough? What's your kind of opinion on that? Uh, I, I try and see, again, I'm going to be a politician and play like both sides of the fence, but like I try and see both points because for, for me, maybe it seems like it's too much. Like I'll be perfectly honest. Like I'm not, I'm probably not going to be too interested to watch like a, an event that's primarily like blue and purple belts and and like people I've never heard of but mm -hmm. but that being said if, if you're coming up in jiu-jitsu and you want to gauge kind of where you're at compared to to the other like blue and purple belts like you can you can watch that right um not too sure where I was going with that but uh but yeah no, like I, I, I don't know like it's sure may, maybe I might think that there's too much but that's for me but like maybe some of the events won't draw me in, but then other ones will. So is that really too many or I think more is better than less, right? I'd rather have too yeah. many tournaments and be able to pick and choose what I watch as opposed to want more uh, content out there and, and not have it. I think there's so much content. Like there was a, an EUG event that was like a $10,000, like winner take all kind of thing. And, 10 years ago, you wouldn't like, you know, $10,000 for a tournament is insane. Crazy. For like, for still like still to this day, I've never been paid for a jujitsu tournament. So it's still never been paid. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been paid to ref. That is about it. That has been my workaround to. Hey, that counts. Being at a jujitsu event and getting paid to do jujitsu. So that's really the, the indirect way, I guess, of doing it. But like 
having like prize money and all that, like that wasn't a really a thing 10 years ago, maybe outside of like ADCC, but now mm-hmm. there's a lot more events that are, you know, popping up that, you know, people are, people are getting paid with and you know what, I support that. Anything that's going to help, you know, push the sport and grow it and get it to a new level. I'm all for that. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Now kind of staying on that same topic, like, do you, I want to get Matt's opinion on this. Do you think it's possible where in Ontario or let's just say Ontario for now, we're going to have those opportunities where guys are going to get together and actually put on promotions that possibly could be like paid based promotions, or is it kind of like there's still too many cooks in the kitchen, whether being with OJA, all these other different organizations or things we'll, we'll never get there. I don't, I don't think I'm the guy to ask on that. Like, I think, yeah, like I think you'd have to ask somebody from the OJA, <laughs> like, um, but I, I'm not too sure. I mean, I know, uh, I know Rory was doing the, the Parabellum Quintet um, and he ran a couple of those and they were great. Like, it'd be really cool to see if, uh, if somebody could do that again. Um, whether it be like that style or, or if it's a gi event like that, like I, I thought that those were really cool. They sold out fast, um, really good production value. Like uh, I went as a spectator for one and I competed in two and, and like just really well run. Like, like I, I really enjoyed those. So if somebody could put those on, that's, that's a really cool uh, idea to grow the sport. Mm. Maybe we should steal that idea. Aaron. What do you think? possible we'll talk to some of our contacts we'll see what happens we'll talk we'll talk to our account we'll talk to our accountant yeah exactly our lawyer our, our lawyer our doctor our lawyer. Our, lawyer, our accountant they got all yeah. those, all it's all Insurance. the same person all three all three of those degrees last year and a half i get all my advice from them um i i live the dream but yeah that i think i think you're right though i really enjoyed like i think i was a part of one one of those events i ref one of them um i think i spectated another one so yeah. you know i think they're very good i think it's a very yeah good they were gi. great yeah they were great and i think like gi and no gi i think it would work well both events mm-hmm. i think it would work both ways so um you know I'll, hopefully somebody brings that back there probably uh could be the uh choking hazard crew just saying <laughs> might be a possibility we'll see but i think it's i think it'll be a nice uh addition to getting some kind of like professional looking events like in Ontario, get, getting those going like tournaments are just starting to get going again, but mm-hmm. it's also, it's good to have these events on where you can get, you know, some top tier talent in and hopefully they can make a few dollars. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I really enjoyed that event. Um, I know, uh, I know OJA's put on some, I forget what they were called, but they did like a super fight style. Uh, they did. It was a Canadian sub X. That's like Tony. Sub X. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was it. That, that was a cool event ages. too. Yeah, yeah, that that was a lot of. I, I was a part of one of them. That was really awesome. Like, like I, I really enjoy those types of events, like as a competitor and and as a spectator. So, yeah, I think it it, it helps to like. I think a tournament is great for you know development oh. and like working on your skills and all that in like a more competitive area. But I think like these events will actually help to elevate. I think in the long term make you know jiu-jitsu more of like a bigger deal and like make it more spectator sport friendly versus going to a tournament and there's 14 mats and you, you don't mm-hmm. know what the hell to watch because i remember even sitting at like with the worlds and there's like there's 10 12 mats and there's like black there's like world champions fighting everywhere it's like i i 
don't even know how to break this down right now. It's just, it's like sensory yeah. overload. Yeah, too much. It's like too much. <clears throat> so also wrapping things up this evening, we want to have some fun. Like I always like to ask a couple, uh, couple of my uh, really random questions that Aaron likes to point them. So we're going to play a, a kill fuck Mary. Uh, it's between three cities. You have to kill one, you have to F one, and you have to marry one. So uh, first okay. one is uh, where you're from, Hamilton. First one where I'm from is Brampton, and uh, where Aaron's from, Etobicoke. Go. Kill F. Mary. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of like Hamilton, so <laughs> I guess I'd have to marry it. <laughs> um, you like it so much, why don't you marry it? <laughs> yeah. Wait, between Brampton and Etobicoke, which one has better food? Ooh, that's a good question. Depending on what, what you're feeling. Depends on what, yeah, like... There's a large, looking... in Brampton, I'll say this uh, to be culturally appropriate so I don't get canceled. There's a large East Indian population and Love West it. Indian population. So if that if that's what you're into and yeah, yeah. style of cuisine. Some, some uh, butter chicken, some, some yeah. lamb korma or something like that. Yeah, so, you know, tandoori chicken. There's a lot of good vegetarian options as well. And then Toronto, I mean, Toronto, Etobicoke, it's like you name it. No, well, Etobicoke, they again, we have a lot of like eat, you know, like European cultures, like Italians, Polish, Ukraine, especially in that neighborhood. So it's all it's kind of all over the place. All right, we'll, we'll kill Brampton then. <laughs> we'll kill Brampton. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the 20th, 20th, like the 20th person to kill Brampton on this. I'm sorry, man. I think. I think the official tally is like deaths of Brampton. Kill Brampton 22. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't counted, but it's, it's probably been killed more than any other city. I'm sorry. Sorry. It's Brampton, though. That's, that's, that's how it is. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think we'll end off on this as well. Is, you know, you're from Hampton. You, you've grown up in Hamilton your whole life, right? Or have you, have you lived in pretty, pretty much, yeah. Like Hamilton, Burlington area. It's Hamilton, Burlington area. So. You know, like, I think Hamilton personally gets a bit of a bad rap at times. But, like, with all that said, what are some of the, the craziest things or stories that you've heard about Hamilton or things that have happened in Hamilton? Things that have happened in Hamilton? <laughs> what can I say on this podcast? <laughs> you can say whatever your heart desires. Right, well, I, let's just say I don't live in a, a great neighborhood. Um, so I came home after teaching one night and... Uh, uh, there, you know, I've, I've seen, uh, I don't know what the politically correct term is, but, uh, ladies of the evening, um, <laughs> I, I may have seen one slash somebody's tire and, Ooh. uh, yeah, so that, that was pretty exciting, I guess. Did, did they, did they not get paid? Did they say why? I mean, like if you're going to slash, no, cl tire, no you, clue. you probably have like a legitimate reason. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought about asking, but. I figured I should probably excuse me, excuse me, this. yeah. <laughs> Why are you slashing that tire? I'm just curious. Yeah, no, there's there's not too much. Like, it, it's like any sort of. It, it's kind of like a smaller Toronto, I guess, or like you know, you you've got some nice areas, you got some bad areas. Like, um, yeah, I wish I had some more exciting stuff for you guys. But more, that's pretty much it. <laughs> more exciting stuff. It's all good. Do you live like in that Barton Street area, or is it was was it somewhere exactly, else? Exactly. Yeah, Barton Street. Oh. You're, oh, you're, you're on Barton Street? Oh, boy. Yeah, represent. Represent Barton Street. <laughs> well, I always look at, like, if you if you get your tires slashed, especially, like, all four, you must have done something bad. 
Because or is you yeah. piss somebody off hardcore because nobody just slashes. You can slash one tire. Okay, it's kind of like a go and get in there and get out. Four tires that takes time and that's passion. <laughs> yeah, I, let, let me clarify. It was it was one one tire it was the the rear passenger side. Oh, that's at least a safe one. Like you do the front one. one. <laughs> the front <laughs> one is like okay, you're trying to kill somebody. <laughs> like yeah. No, it was it was pretty wild. Pretty wild. Still, shout out to Bar- shout out to Barton Street. Yeah, represent. <laughs> represent. Well, well, Matt, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. I do appreciate you coming on this evening. Um, is there anybody you want to thank or people you want to shout out, whether it's sponsors or different students that you before we take off? Um. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um. Yeah. I apologize if I if I didn't uh, answer your questions directly or or if. I, <laughs> whatnot but uh no i'd just like to thank my students um you know everyone that supports us and uh continues to train with us and if you're in the hamilton area and you uh you know you want to learn brazilian jiu-jitsu uh check out bora bjj awesome all right so everybody that remember that's bora bjj they're in hamilton what street are you on uh green hill avenue 625 green hill 625 Man. Greenville Avenue. And that's actually right near Spirit Leaf Waterdown, located at Aaron. 64 Hamilton Street North in Waterdown, Ontario. All the CBD. Okay, what, what's that? That's our Spirit Leaf uh, Waterdown, which is our one of our sponsors. So we have to make sure we sponsor they, shout we have them to make, out. And to make sure we don't get demonetized, they uh make they have the finest of the devil's lettuce, if you know so what I've I'm heard. saying. So I have heard. So it heard. is <laughs> it is very green in there. They have a very nice green room with a lot of CBD and THC, C3PO, R2D2, all, all, everything that you need. Every letter initial that you can think of, they got it. The, the crew there is, is tremendous. Alex and his team are fantastic, and they, they, they know their stuff, and it's always 420 there. 64 <laughs> Hamilton Street North. Maybe you should check them out, and, uh, or maybe uh, some of the people that are on Barton Street, uh, maybe they can get, maybe, you know, chill out a bit, maybe string themselves out on something else. You know what I'm it'd saying? Probably be a, it'd probably be a better alternative. I think it would yeah. be a much better alternative. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Hope to see you at whether it being a tournament or up at the school soon. Yeah, of course. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Yeah, you too, man. Appreciate it, man. <laughs>